You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Testing, testing. <laughs> you, <laughs> no. sneak, you sneak up on me. Yeah, uh, you said you weren't going to say saying... anything until I turned the microphone on. So <laughs> I turned right. it on. Well, you were just talking and talking and talking. And it's not actually been... on. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I fooled you. Um, so we've just uh, watched an epic movie, three hour long movie, and we're going to talk about it. So welcome to After the Show, number 79. Woo woo. 79. Uh, this is Sunday, July the 19th, 2009, barely. It's almost Monday. And uh, we're close to Monday, right? Is it? Two hours. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is the movie we're looking at this week is uh, Watchmen, the director's cut, not the one that you saw in the theatres. It's 24 minutes longer than the one you saw in the theatres. The one that we didn't see in the theatres. And it <laughs> is a 2009 release, and it'll be out on Blu ray and DVD this Tuesday, the 21st of July. From our friends at Warner Brothers, and we look to the Blu-ray version, which is a three-disc set, which we'll talk about later. You're building up to my introduction. And you will tell us what it's about. <laughs> I can't tell you what it's about. It's complicated. I could probably give you a... Fairly... I think you should, because you've read it, you admired it, and I think you should... I mean, I could, but I think you'll do... Alright, I'll just get a, a basic before we go into the movie. Yeah. It's based on Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, 19... I need to get these dates right. 25 years ago. No, I was saying when the comic book Yeah, I know, 25 years ago. Is the comic book 25 years old? Mm Mm-hmm. He said 25 years ago, I I wouldn't imagine writing something and then have it... Oh, I don't think it was published 25 years ago. Oh, right. I think he must have had the idea before. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So it was in the 80s, I believe. Or early 90s. Anyway, it's a graphic novel, one of the most widely acclaimed graphic novels of all time. Um... And the premise of it is, it's a alternate timeline of America. Um, wrote th- this is wrote by British guys, by the way. So it's an alternate America, 1985. Nixon is still in power. He's kind of been in power three times, I believe. He's on his third term. He was never... America have won the Vietnam War instead of lost, so that's changed things. Um... And during this time, vigilante slash superheroes, not really superheroes, vigilantes, let's say, who wear... Crime fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Ordinary individuals who wear the traditional cape and mask garb has has come come about, like, and people are, you know, behaving this way. Now, hence the Watchmen, which are some of this, a faction of uh, superheroes. There's also a real superhero who was in this untimely accident in a uh, atomic chamber or whatever it was. Was it an atomic chamber? I forget what it was called. Some kind of... Electromagnetic thing. So he had an accident in there and became this... He's actually the one real superhero in the thing. Everybody else doesn't have, don't have powers. I think Batman would disagree with you. Batman has no superpowers, but he is a superhero. I think I'm getting at like um, he's not supernatural. This guy, is yeah. There's no powers like Batman. Uh, it's technology that he uses. Yeah. So this this guy, Doctor Manhattan, is being used by the government 
the reason they won the Vietnam War is because of him. He's been used by the government or trained by the government to be a weapon. And then that shit is the fun. The tension is there because we all lived through it. If you're our age or a little bit or older or yeah, just about our age is the brink of it. Remembering when we were children, the uh, Soviet Union versus the United States and the threat of nuclear war. Yeah, it's and, very yeah, cold. Yeah, I mean, war. it really was. And the way that you we hear people talk about, you would talk hear your grandparents talk about World War II in England with the bombings, you can't relate because you weren't there, but you understand that it kind of can, it's really implanted in your mind. Same with us from our childhood. I remember it very clearly. That's why when I saw Terminator for the first time, the original Terminator. I was like, whoa! Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> that was so implanted in your It mind. was implanted in the time, and the day yeah, after. Yeah, totally. So that is Oscar. like the the overriding theme, is this impending nuclear attack <clears throat> from and, Russia. And the the movie opens, not not really spoil anything, because the opening scene, with one of the Watchmen, who names himself the Comedian, being assassinated by somebody. Dark figure. Could be the government trying to wipe out these people. Could be whatever. But anyway... Yeah, you have no idea of that. You don't have any idea when it started. See, you do if you read the book. Yeah, and I haven't. Yeah, so... Yeah. So I already had all that stuff in my head, so... Um, so, yeah, he, he's assassinated, and the story is basically trying to get to the bottom of this, like, Rosh... Rorschach? Mm-hmm. I can never say his name properly. He, he... It starts with his story. He's like a detective. It's well, like Columbo with no, a sock on No, he's a vigilante. I know he is. I'm just he being, wants to instill justice. For he's like one. Columbo with a sock over his head. You get oh, is that comedy again? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> no need to correct. Now we have one. to also remember. Also have to add in there that it's sort of like um, the vigilanteism is a result of lots of gangs in the streets and like in like crime is rampant and sort of this overall sense of doom and gloom in the city. And sort of the overall sense that the police aren't doing enough to right, protect right. everybody. But then, it, then it, you, you know, don't get any of that. No, not as much. No, what I find interesting about the story is, as we move into the into the movie discussion, I'm assuming, um, is that I have never read the novel. I have no idea what it's about at all. I didn't know which character. I didn't no clue at all. Never heard of it. You know, um, you've never heard of it. No, never heard of it. Really? Didn't know what. No, not at all. <laughs> because remember, I had no. I didn't have a comic shop when I was a kid. I had nothing like that. Like I read. Archie comic books. I never read comic books, but that was one that cropped up. But you lived in a big city as well, so you had a lot of shops and TV and cable TV. I didn't even have we had two channels. I lived in the country, so I'm not saying people in the country didn't hear, but I just didn't. I wasn't interested, so I'd never heard of it my whole life. So when I'm watching it, and the the twist of it to me is that you're already at the tail end. It's kind of like. And I, dare I say, not like The Incredibles, because The Incredibles is probably like this. I would say the guy who wrote The Incredibles, you know, the Pixar movie. The idea that um, these superheroes are now suppressed. They're um, they're supposed to be hiding away. They're not, it's illegal for them to do what they do. So their whole, the, the high, the heyday of these people in The Watchmen is, has gone and passed. They're on the second generation do you know what I mean? That I found really interesting. That we're not talking about people finding out what their powers are or anything like that. Uh, it's over and done with. It's sitting in closets and in basements and there actually hidden are no in places. Powers. Yeah, it's all just hidden away and they've gone on with their lives. And yet now this big threat of nuclear annihilation 
kind of breathing down the neck and you know so and it's also in the news that like the cape and the mask is kind of out of date because they mention like oh i used to use the cape and the mask and like they that like all in in the like it's a big joke they've become a joke yeah it's kind of silly yeah because they were really famous Everybody loved them. You see news flashes um, past... Um, Where they're all heroic. Yeah, exactly. Photos and newspaper clips. And then it becomes like people turn against them and then they become like a joke or a farce. And then they become they're criminal. selling their image for figures and yeah. movies and stuff like that. And then, yeah. Then the government decides we can't have people doing our job, vigilantes, so we're cracking down. So that's always what I liked about it because it's kind of... It is a totally different take on mm-hmm. superheroes. Even though... And keep saying superheroes. They really are just vigilantes, apart from Doctor Manhattan. Because, but we've said this before. Most superheroes. And there again, yeah, yeah. Batman, Batman is a vigilante. No power, yeah. That's all he is—a vigilante. He just. And like Spider-Man a, doesn't really have any power. Well, he's strong he and he's got a spider thing. But yeah. I mean, he doesn't he have has any spider senses. True, and probably in comics, he's got more things going on than I know of. I I I would think that being able to shoot a web out of your wrist and fly through the air would be a superpower. Well... And be able to jump really high. It doesn't high. seem supernatural to me. Well, you've got a spider's characteristics in your DNA. <laughs> Maybe I know people who are more extraordinary than that. But yeah, these guys, Watchmen, are, are grounded. Yeah, and there is no, like, let's follow these people learning about themselves. No, no, that. Which is really good. Because, you know, you're already told from the opening scene there was a generation of these beforehand... And it's done really beautifully. Yeah. I really love that opening part. Yeah, I think it's probably, like, one of the best opening credit sequences in any movie I've seen. Absolutely. And at first I got the sense of, oh, crap, I'm, I'm, what they're trying to do is catch me up on everything. And then I kind of, I just watched it. He took it kind of slow and gave you each person. And by the end of the opening sequence... Where they've kind of gone back and showed you sort of in a really Let's explain the opening sequence. It's kind of... They're like photographs, but it's live it's like action. like a viewer. Like, like a, a 3D kaleidoscope. Viewer. Not that's, a kaleidoscope. Uh, that's what you call that, kaleidoscope. No, we call it a 3D viewer. You put the slide in the front and you slick the thing down Do you know and it's what? 3D. We, we called that kaleidoscope in England. No, kaleidoscope's like, got like all the different the colors in the Viewmaster, end. Viewmaster, the red thing. Viewmaster, that's what it yeah. is. It's not a kaleidoscope. That's what it was called. No, a kaleidoscope is the thing where you it's spin it. It's called Viewmaster and a kaleidoscope. <laughs> you put these little discs in and you press the thing and then you see the little 3D like slides from yeah, movies. Like, like there's an image forward and it'd have Mickey Mouse and it'd be like in front and yeah. the steamboat would be at the back. <laughs> but yeah, it shows you these kind of still scenes with a bit of animation to them because they move to the side and stuff. But there are very poignant events throughout yeah. history of the Watchmen. So there's... And it didn't. I, I lost that sense of, oh my god, I need to catch up very quickly because I realized I think all of this is actually part of the story. I'm not getting caught up. No, I mean, no. You know, it's a very clever way of yeah. uh, establishing it all, I thought. Because I was thinking... Because it is really dense, the uh, With graphic Dylan, novel. With Bob Dylan singing all the time for a long time. And the graphic novel is <laughs> really dense. And, and I think this is one of the things I said to you when I heard there was a Watchmen movie being made. I said to you, I don't get how they're going to do that because it's... There's so much. Like, it would last about ten hours. But that whole beginning part's like 30 pages of the of the, uh, right. magazine, of the novel. So I think they did that really well because it literally is like a music video. It lasts three minutes, the length of a song, and then... Oh, well, don't call it a music video. Well, I feel like it kind of was, and you, you're absolutely... Oh, I think that totally takes away the goodness of it, to be honest. 
I don't think it's a music video at all. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> no, and exactly. I, and I do. I, I the don't, music videos, I, I hate I didn't music say videos. it was a music video. I said I it's actually like, kind of, it is like a music video. It's a Bob Dylan song and it's vignettes playing, which music videos often are like. And it's done in like a stylish way with the, mm-hmm. and it's done in also like a, like I like these um, pinup girl. Yeah. There's a lot of, what is that? 1950s pinup girls 40s. style look to it. 1940s. You know. That's another thing I like about the movie: the the mixture of timelines because they're in this alternate. He said the writer guy said it's not a alternate universe. It is a what if. Yeah. Just what if a, a these people timeline. existed in this time frame? So it's not. So it's a mixture of what in the movie we saw recently that had that mixture of like was it Dark Men? I mean Dark City. Where you have this weird combination of what seems like old, like from the 30s and 40s look, Dark but with City lots of technology. Kind of I think a game that you played also mixed it up. I think. Bioshock. Yes, that was it. Yeah. That's it. The Bioshock yeah. had that kind of look. Well, yeah, this things. kind of has that too. Totally. There's a lot of cool 1950s clothing, which really adds it. And then like places like when, they, when you see them go in a diner and yep. stuff, it doesn't actually look... Like eighties exactly. It's kind of. All... But then when you see a newscast uh, person on TV, she got the big eighties yeah. hair, and you know. I really like the fact like... that it takes place in the eighties. Then the gang guys they remind me of um, warriors because they yeah. just were so crazy. Their for me, outfits were like for so me. The character. first thing I thought of was the dancers from Beat It. <laughs> you know, like yes. the people behind Michael Jackson or Bad. Yeah, I'd that behind you know those. That's what I thought. Bad, exactly. Bad, yeah. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I I actually this movie has like a lot to live up for for me because there's a lot to talk. About. I haven't even watched, uh, I haven't even read graphic novels, and this one ended up in my hands, and I read it, and I was amazed by it. I remember at the time. In fact, I want to read it again now. Yeah, me so. too. Um, I always had this thing in my mind that this film was going to be a horrible mess because how could anything live up? In fact, this is another one, a, a novel that I read, American Psycho. I read American Psycho and then I learned there was going to be a movie and I said to you we've got to go you'd read the book also and I no I read the book after that's what I mean you'd read the book when I said to you we've got to go and see this movie so we went to see the movie no I'd seen the movie before I read the book you got the book it gave it to me after I'd seen the movie I don't believe that. I think that's the way. it is not because uh, (laughs) we watched that movie here when it came out which was 2001 2002 I'd already sent you a book from England mm-hmm. to read, which was before that. But anyway, whatever. Nobody cares about that. The, well, they do care because I'm going to. No, tell they you. don't care I'll about the exact later, dates no, of it. I'll tell you, you're wrong. But anyway, we both. The what was the what was I saying? We both read the book, and then I thought to myself, "This movie is going to be an absolute mess, right?" And the movie wasn't anything like the book, but still good in its own thing. Yes, totally. Now I think this is the same, but I also. I've said to you, this is quite different from the graphic novel in quite a lot of different ways. But I think I was thinking of some of the stuff I remembered from the graphic novel, and I was thinking that how he'd done it in the movie is actually better for the movie. Because there's some stuff mm. in the novel that I don't think would have worked as well. So I think the way the and it is quite different, the movie, I've got to stress that. If you've read the novel... Don't tell me how, because I'll read the novel. No, I'm saying if you've read the novel, and then I I get the feeling there'll be a group of people who go and watch this movie and say, that is garbage. Yeah, of course. Because it's not like the novel. 
when it is quite like the novel, but you know there are big changes. Right. People can't seem to separate that. So for me, I really so funny. for me, I've separated them. I think this is an outstanding movie, and I think the book's an outstanding book. So and yeah, I've separated them. In fact, not spoiling anything. Yeah, don't say anything about anything. They're quite. They're, they're almost like two different experiences. That is what Excellent. I mean. Like, I wouldn't want to see the movie and then read the novel and be like, "Yep, I knew it. I knew it. I've seen it. Seen it. Seen it." I'd want it to be something. Yeah, it'd be different. different. In fact, it would. If you've only seen the movie and then you go and get the novel, you'll be like, "Oh, really?" And it'll fill in a load of things where you'll be like, "You don't need them necessarily in the movie. All these filling things, but if you are a fan of it and you really like what you saw, to go and get the novel will really flush it out a bit more. You know, flesh it out." But um, I think it's an outstanding movie. I think it was really well paced. And it's a three-hour movie, like we said at the beginning. I absolutely, I felt like it lasted less than an hour. I could have gone more... Oh, no, not me, but I could have gone another There was hour. no length for me. I, I, I honestly... When All Along the Watchtower comes on, the, the Jimi Hendrix song, which is very near the end, I knew that the end was coming. I literally thought... Really? Are we that close to three hours <laughs> or an hour? Because like? I was thinking we were only an hour and a half into this. I think the experience change is different because for me, having no knowledge of anyone, I didn't have... You know, in your mind, when you're already familiar with... You've seen a movie before, for example. It goes much quicker the second time because oh, yeah. you're already there. So then your, ki- your mind kind of wanders because you know this and you know the back of... You know the history of that or you know that how this is going to work or whatever... So maybe, you know, that was a bit of your... But for me, I felt the three hours, but I could have gone another hour. One of my favorite things, and I don't think the movie changes this, is the dark theme. The really dark theme. That I happen to... The ideology of life that I happen to subscribe to, I think is the way you say it. That, you know, you can have all the birthdays in life that you want, and all the little gatherings, and your little college degrees, and you can have colorful little commercials, and care about celebrities, and all that shit. But under it all, the world and our life, we're, it's just grubby and dirty, and we're nasty, and we're, we're bad. We destroy everything, and that if it all ended, completely ended, just like... Uh, the blue dude says in the movie, you know, I think that life is highly overrated. If I, I Even just... though I I love the good elements of life, my overall philosophy is that, and that's what I, I mean, that's why I think it draws people in who think that way. I mean, of course you're going to get people who dislike the surface of it and the action, but I totally get the idea that, even though I despise the smiley face guy, the comedian, as a character, obviously, because he's horrible... He's the combination, isn't he? The anti-hero. They're all anti-heroes. I was just but... thinking about the Nicolas Cage movie we watched the other week, Knowing. You know where he was the professor who subscribed to the view as shit happens. Okay, yep, yeah. Like, it, it happens no matter what we do. Yeah. This movie has the same message. Like, Dr. Oh. Manhattan's message is... I mean, it's not the same message for the whole movie. But Dr. Manhattan has a thing where he says... You know, You're just going to start over and do it all again. Yeah, I think it, if, I think I don't think it's things just happen randomly and chaotically. I think we repeat the bad cycle. We make bad choices. If you eliminate, yeah, if you eliminate all war and poverty and the need for energy sources and the reasons for people to fight, someone will emerge as a human, as an animal, as a person with the personality who wants more. 
they want to be the one who oh, yeah. and that's where that's the seed and of I all like the, the idea of I like the idea of the Dr. Manhattan character where the government have kind of trapped him into this position they make him go and fight a war for them but how I don't that's the part I have a hard time with because if he has this complete and utter control over matter, over himself... I think it was like, we'll destroy planets. you if, if you don't do what yeah, we but say. But how could... They couldn't. He has complete control over himself, over matter. He can destroy every single human being himself. I don't know. I'm trying to think in the comic how they trapped him into it. Because they did. There's a whole story of it. Is it because he says to her, you know, you're my, my last link to humanity, and so he feels obligated through his feelings maybe for her... That maybe there is some I'm doing some good here and whatever, but it's not it's not very strong for me because I have the same thing about Doctor Who. If aliens want to come destroy the Earth, they'll just come do it. They're not going to pretend to be a plant sitting in the corner and then take over. You know what I mean? He could just and that would be that, and he could. But I guess he's still human inside. Yeah, but I like Doctor Manhattan's thing where he's and then I could feel his pain, like because he had to go and for some whatever reason. They train him to be this weapon. He transforms and goes and kills a lot of Vietnamese people. And then wins that war for them. And then comes back to America as like a hero guy. And then he did shit that he didn't want to do. Like, right. Because that isn't in his nature to do that. So all that is welling up in him. Like, Kind of mimics too, like Born on the Fourth of July. The idea that in reality, in your country, when there's a war... And the government and the hype convinces you that what you're doing is for the greater good. So that soldiers go off to war. And I mean, I'm not saying my political view here, because I, I don't have one necessarily. But this idea that you're brainwashed into doing the fighting for governments who aren't really fighting for your better interest. They're just using you as a tool. And real, in like in Born on Fourth of July, obviously he comes back. He's then abandoned and left you know, in a wheelchair and then realizes, you know, the, you know, that kind of thing. That's why I think of um, the blue guy. What's his name? Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. After the Manhattan Project. Exactly. Not the, not the disco group of the same name. <laughs> in fact, there was some... Oh, let's also make a mention of there's a really good soundtrack to this movie. Awesome. It's like, Jim. it goes from, spreads the spectrum from like Jimi Hendrix, Casey and the Sunshine Band... Um, Me and Bobby McGee, what's that? Janis Joplin? Yeah, Janis Joplin. Bob Dylan. Leonard Cohen. It's, it's it real, is really good. It's, I was going to say it's diverse, but then it isn't. I was surprised. Because it's sort of one particular... At some of them, thinking when those people are approached with movies, deals. Hmm. You know, what about this project would appeal to Bob Dylan? For example, if I'm sure if he owns his own music. What appeals to Leonard Cohen about this? Is it that they read it? And they totally get it, and they... You know, that, I think, is really interesting. Like, because yeah. you don't hear those songs in a lot of movies. No, I was thinking about that. I mean, I've heard Leonard Cohen in yeah. movies before. Shrek. <laughs> and Natural Born Killers, two that I remember. Um, I'll just have to say, Shrek is so awesome. I watched it last night. It was so funny. I've never been a mega fan of it. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, my God. I just laughed my ass off. Is That that should be on the box. <laughs> Laughed my ass. <laughs> the new diet regimen. Just watch Shrek a bunch of times and you'll laugh your ass off. So this has like really good music too. Um, well, I, it's probably not really good m- music to everybody, but it, to me it really fit. 
because it was unusual. Like it wasn't like oh here's here's another punk 99 song. Ninety nine Love Balloons. That's yeah, like, you know, like in a lot of movies these days, you just get another My Chemical Romance song or you know just songs of the time. But this one, they really and these weren't necessarily songs of the eighties. Are you insulting My Chemical Romance? <laughs> I'm saying I hear them Blink 182 things like yeah. that crop up so many times in movies it's like oh really not again but this you know while this took place in the 80s this wasn't music of the 80s mainly I mean some of it was music of the to 70s me it's music of the people who read this comic novel when they were young yeah yeah I think so too and were of course either comic geeky people music geeky people very tapped into a certain part of popular culture but not mainstream popular culture do you know what I mean so then they that's reflect I think they went for some big ones must have cost a fortune licensing those tunes some of those so uh, what else do you have to say about the Watchmen um I think that even though I don't like being part of a group and I don't like going along with other people but of course my favorite character would be Rorschach yeah Rorschach uh, by the way is uh if people don't know anyway he's one of the Watchmen can I describe his thing what? what the thing that is makes him you know interesting. yeah the Rorschach yeah that test. he's had like a really shitty life and really has seen the belly of humanity right like through as a child and through his life and he wears this sock mac mask thing and in my mind when he's desperate when it's off he needs it back on him he says that yeah he, because he it, it absorbs he doesn't feel himself unless it's yeah on. but it can like because without it he's He's stuck with all of his, <laughs> all of the anger and all of the, re- he sees everything for what it is. He knows everything sucks and everybody's evil and all that kind of stuff, or he thinks, you know, with few exceptions. When he puts that on, because it has the Rorschach test images that change on the front, that's where all of his anger can go. Which, are, which are, if you don't know, are the tests that psychiatrists, you might, you've probably seen it in many movies, where the psychiatrist holds the ink blot thing mm-hmm. up on and says, what does that remind you of? And you say something like, it's a butterfly. Or if you're mental, you when say, it looks like a dog with a knife in its eye. <laughs> you know, that that thing. And his face is that perpetually changing. And yeah. it's awesome. It looks awesome. It is. From a fantastic the, from the, idea from the very that he wears his emotions right out front. He doesn't hide it from anybody. Even though he's wearing a full face mask, he's not hiding. Because everything he feels, the change is constantly there. Whereas, opposed to everyone else who's hiding behind masks... Not just the superhero people, but the politicians and the other people that you meet. Everybody's hiding behind something. And his thing is, you know, this is it. No compromise for what I feel and what I think is right or wrong. I think the actor who played Nixon was hiding behind a ludicrous fake nose. It was really bad. (laughs) It felt so bad. Even Kissinger was good. No, hold on. on, Like the Nixon, though. You know when you say it was really bad? I thought it was a perfect caricature of Nixon like when you put him yeah. inside profile with a shadow you were like oh okay there's do you know a comic book character yeah yeah a comic book character but then when it required him to say some stuff and he was face on camera I was thinking what were they thinking surely there was just somebody who kind of looked like him instead of all that crappy yeah because after you've seen Frost Nixon yeah you see a, an actor who he had some prosthetic you know a little bit I mean yeah. it was exaggerated a bit but it was natural, more natural. They Plus, I mean, got, I've seen Richard Nixon on TV. You could have just got Frank Langella in and just said, do the Nixon thing. <laughs> or just not done it. It was just a weird, it was you know, that, spitting image. that. Um, it was very distracting to me. Remember spitting image, the mm-hmm. uh, TV show from the mm-hmm. 80s? Puppets. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Because it was so ridiculous. It was. 
But anyway, there's not actually much bad about special effects or anything. Oh, no. The worst, if the worst thing is Richard Nixon's <laughs> nose, then it's good. Because there are some really good special yeah, effects. Yeah, there. And there's a lot of room for error because you've got a blue glowing guy walking around everywhere. Which, my question was, why does he have to be so freaking ripped? Why is it that if a man is genetically modified because his electromagnetic field inside of his cells is removed, does he become like an Adonis? I don't get it. <laughs> I know that's how he was drawn in the comic book, but, you know, why not? He looked just, really good, like though. like a fat slob. <laughs> he looked really good. I guess if you're removing all that, then you might be removing all the extra fat because it would not hold together or something. Because there's a scientific explanation for why he is what he is. Yeah, he's... He's had a bunch of shit removed, and these cells barely hold themselves together, and he's glowing because they're moving at beyond the speed of light and all this kind of stuff. You so. know what I really also liked about... But he doesn't have a very large penis compared to the rest of the He actually time. shows his penis yeah, a lot of the multiple time. multiple times. Which is interesting. Like, sometimes he has pants on, but sometimes he just dangles free. Which yeah, is... when he's uh, rampaging in Vietnam, killing people randomly, he he's pants. got, like, a thong on. Yeah, that's because he doesn't want to be offensive to the Vietnamese <laughs> oh, <God>. people. <laughs> well, he's killing them. No, the other thing I really liked about the screenplay, which interestingly enough is written by um, the the guy who plays um, Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid games, the voice of Solid Snake, he writes movies as well, but he wrote the screenplay. What I really like about the screenplay, and it's not necessarily the same in the novel, is this is how I feel about it. It plays out, you know, and it is a three hour long film like we said. It plays out, and there's individual like... I'd say 25-minute portions of the movie that crop up where it's like, here's Rorschach's story, here's Night Owl's story, here's Silk Spectre's story. Like, even though it's not like, here's the, you know, like, blanked out. Yeah. But you come come to these, it feels like it flows like that. Like, okay, we're going to deal with Rorschach's stuff. And then it comes to another point where, where you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know much about Night Owl. And then all of a sudden you get a big bunch of Night Owl stuff. Which I really like the way that folds. And then, not giving anything away, this is how I feel about the overall arc of it. It gets to the third act, as we call it, and then some stuff happens, and then this is how it feels to me. Everything you've experienced so far kind of just locks into place. Like, like there's this moment where it all just goes... and fits together like perfectly. Like You think, oh, that happened because of that, and that happened right. because of that. I really like that. I thought that that came across really well. There's you know, like a yep. revolutionary moment at the end where you're kind of like, oh, okay. And it's not spoon-fed to you. Like, I mean, yes, there are some weird parts where it shows you flashbacks just so yeah, you remember. Yeah, and the, one, the Night Owl guy says, I remember the first time I met so-and-so. And then in the next frame flashbacks. you get... Yeah, and that, that was one of the obvious ones. But the other ones do just kind of ease you into Yeah, it. but I feel there's a moment right near the end where it just all kind of, it's like a key in a lock for you and you're like oh 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 and if you're trying if you're thinking back like you're like oh yeah 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 like right, right so I, th- I feel that that's why it works as a screenplay but that's not necessarily like I say about the book because the book doesn't do any of that so whoever the guy who wrote the screenplay I give him props because it it's when they they've said a lot about this book that it's unfilmable. It's one of those... In fact, that's what they said about American Psycho, and that's why I brought it up. They also said Watchmen was unfilmable because of the way it's... It's kind of complicated. Dark City, they said that about too. They also, yeah, like, re- like super complicated, and how do you convey it in an easier... Because a movie has to be 
visual overall. And followable. Yeah. Like, not, not like a David Lynch film where <laughs> you might be completely lost in the middle, but he doesn't actually care because that's how his shit goes. <laughs> Which I, I like, also... I like to hear his comment about that. They, if that's how you sum him up. And you love him, so I'd be like... He doesn't care. I don't think he. No, he, I think he's just like you're on my you're on my um, roller coaster yep. and get on my caravan. And, and if it goes off the rails like ten minutes in, just stick Hang with on. it. You'll probably never understand what happened, <laughs> but I think you'll have fun and it'll be interesting. Ah, uh, you're so charming. Whereas the, I love you. Whereas Watchmen, I feel that he brought it, the screenplay of it. Really, I was thinking of somebody who hadn't read it like you. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think, are you going to get all this? And then I was thinking, I think they succeeded in you getting all this. I don't think I had that moment you're talking about, though. Where no? I felt like everything fell into place. I mean, I everything resolved according to, you know, reasonably. Um, but I don't think I had that moment. See, because I, had, I, was, I, had... I was along for it as I went along. Nothing was a puzzle to me. I There's didn't a little puzzle it... in there. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, well, there, I won't say it, but no. I, mean, there, I mean, there are, there is a mystery going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rorschach's quest to get to the bottom of oh, right. the comedian's murder demise is is a mystery story at heart. Like, he is like the detective. Yeah, and that mystery does get resolved, but not in the way it doesn't. But I feel that it worked like it really worked that's why I was saying that the screenplay in general it felt like it fit together I think that's what I'm saying without feeling formulaic and yet of course it is because you've got good guys bad guys conflict resolution blah 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 but and even you know the novel of Watchmen isn't necessarily fun it's quite disturbing no I'm saying there's fun never even entered my mind there's there's in the novel there's like child molestation that I don't feel I didn't don't remember cropping up in the movie the big knife hacking in the head I think that was the result of some yeah, child yeah, molestation yeah. yeah but I mean the actual yeah there's there's a few things in the book that I thought were really disturbing and not very fun at all kind of like in Kill Bill when and, you go to the animated version of her being yeah, yeah, when she's that's a girl kind of... where you're like, you know, but it's necessary and yet you, you recoil. So there's some of that in the book that is now in Watchmen being a three hour long thing. And I just said that I don't feel I felt like it was fun because it was a fun thing. But there again, it was really dark. But then in the middle, there was a little opening up where it kind of was fun for a little bit. They kind of added a bit of light heartedness to it, which I'm referring to a flying in the yeah. You know, a little bit of... Yeah, and, <laughs> and the actual thing that they did. The, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they added a little bit of light-hearted stuff, which I thought worked as well. I thought it was going to get hokey at that point. Um, That felt a little hokey to me, but it was also a means to an end. I liked it, though. Those two characters needed um a bit of adrenaline. And so room that from ro- everybody else. The romance could blossom. Because, you know, his problem was he couldn't... Uh, he might have needed the pasty vac, which I saw on late night TV last night. <laughs> oh my god! Pasty vac. Pasty vac. P O S dash or dot T dot vac. I like to think of it as a blowjob in a box because it's a pump. 
I'm whispering it like no one's hearing me. It's like a thing to put... Penis uh, vacuum. Yes. But why posty vac? Uh, I guess because like pos... Post... I don't know. Why not penis vac? <laughs> is that one already taken? I don't know why it's posty vac. Yeah, I don't know either. But that's what it is. So, you know, this guy, his, uh, his stimulus had to come from uh, the excitement of being a superhero guy, I think. Mm-hmm. You know. It did that, so he, he was his, kind of worn down by life and repress, oppress, opp- repressing all of that, and so yeah, you got a little romance in there too, and, and but not ho- not to me, not. That's the lightheartedness of the movie. That, that those particular ten minutes, <laughs> I would say, there's even a few jokes. Erectile dysfunction and a burning building. Those are the, those are and the a flamethrower incident. You know, <laughs> yes. those are like the very small. Here's a bit of fun. Here's a little bit of like, oh, relax. There's yeah. no bones breaking. There's no blood splattering for a minute. Like, Because there's a lot of bones breaking. There's a lot of... Um, now, I love the stunts in this movie. Really severe. Um, it's over the top, kind of violent, but it's that kind of world and that kind of vibe. So and I can accept it. Like um, Zack Snyder's other movie, 300. During the action sequence, he does a, he does a lot of uh, like slowing the camera down completely, <clears throat> so you see every move. Now there's scenes of that in here, but I don't think he overused it because uh, 300. I think if you went back and watched 300, it's basically slow motion fighting with ripped abs, right? It's it, a lot of style over substance, yeah, but yeah. I loved it. I really did. Yeah, I liked it, and I I got the feel uh, that was another worry I had with Watchmen. Oh no, it's going to be like that, like. Where he tried to make everything look like a comic book, uh, right? You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Every 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 frame of 300 looks like a something out of a comic book. Like you could. He didn't the, do that here at all. I mean, yes, there was some, but I like the scene when uh, the chick and the owl guy. It reminded me of uh, old boys. That would be Silk Spectre and night owl right you know old boy whenever uh, he's going down walking the walking down the thing yeah. and it's kind of I don't know if it was a one shot thing but it put me in there's mind there's also of that. one of them in 300 because there's a lot of bad guys oh there is that's down right the, yeah well this is woman kicking ass which I love yeah and I like she, it when there's not a woman in distress but yeah it's that there was one in 300 where yep. he walks down You're right. the thing and oh there's just, going through the yeah yep yep know. this one's not as stylized but that totally got that vibe I got the vibe I was like okay here's a 300 part Oh, no, oh, I was old boy. boy. <laughs> I, I didn't think... Of, yeah, both of those. And if you don't know what old boy is, it's fantastic. It's a Japanese movie. Gotta see it if you like... Uh, it's uh, Korean, it's, I it's believe. Like is that. it Korean? Yeah. I thought host was Korean and that was Japanese. But you might be right. Probably, yeah. The host was awesome, too, but... Yeah, old boy is... Uh, it's, well, it's you know, we were of... just talking about David Lynch here. It, it might, has a might actually moment. not make 100% sense all the time, either. Old boy's kind of like that. But you can figure it out in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I just think of it like, oh my god! Do you remember that bit where they were eating squids in the uh, in old boy? Yeah, in a bar. Live when you squids. First meet, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sticking out. <laughs> yeah. That well, was real bizarre foods with Andrews in the It night. was. <laughs> so yeah, um, let's move on to the cast of Watchmen. Um, I wrote down a lot of people, but you did. Um, I think I'll just cover the main ones. Um, so we've got Doctor Manhattan, who's Billy Crudup. I think we said. Um, now he plays like it's like a CG part, so it's like a golem part. He plays, he acts in a bodysuit with LEDs. All it was interesting. Yeah, really we saw interesting. it on the extras. Um, the LEDs were to like look if he's in a scene. 
because he's glowing blue, for that blueness to be on everything around him. And then they put his CG character in over the top. And his face is there. I mean, it's obviously they've put his face yeah. on it. But I thought it worked really, really well. Yeah, it's cool looking. It's um doesn't look odd even though it's no, it the most right. even though it's the oddest thing you've ever seen because it's a blue guy. And it's, we're looking out on a 9-foot widescreen uh full high def Blu-ray everything and it doesn't look No, it doesn't look CG'd up, does no. it? It, in fact, it's like Gollum because it's like his actual performance and there's none of that weird movement. That's why. Well, there is some of that because he's different size. I could, you know, some of his arms and hand things were very video gamey looking, but, or, you know, the way I like. No, I'm just it. thinking when he's wandering around a room, just talking oh, yeah, and walking. Fun. Yeah. And uh, I actually like the performance the guy gave too because it is, I think his scenes, Dr. Manhattan scenes, are some of the most profound scenes, especially. I agree. Him and Rorschach are the two most yeah. deep to me. Characters. Now, talking of Rorschach, he's played by Jackie Earl Haley, and he's the guy from... Bad News Bears. He was the kid. You know, the tough kid. Yeah, now he's not... He's, what, 40 years on from being a kid in Bad News Bears, probably? Uh, yeah, he's... Yeah. He's he a few years older than us. Uh, 70s. He's the um, old one with Walter Matthau. And I think that he plays that really well. Obviously, he plays a really character well. that has a sock over his head most of the time. But still, he, he just does the his body. Yeah, everything. The little the yeah, look of the it, anger yeah. and the you know yeah, and he doesn't have the mask on all the time. And I think he does. It's like a he's got that ruggedly voice, you know. He sounds like Batman in Batman Batman in the Dark Knight. You know, it's that yeah. Christian Bale. Put but it on. seems more natural. Yeah, for him, he does. Yeah, because he looks when he's actually not wearing the mask. And uh, you get he looks beaten down by in life. Hi, in high def, I was thinking that guy is like. I mean, they've really make up him up, but yeah, he he had he had his beard growing up and near his eyes and everything. He was like <laughs> real. He, he looked dirty and rough, didn't he? It's like he's the guy who absorbs all the darkness, all the badness of people. He takes it on himself and wants to eliminate it, but he can't get it off him. So he's got this really rough everything about him. You know, I think. Whereas, then you flip over to the girl. What's her name? Silkwood? <laughs> Silk Spectre 2? Junior. She, Silk Spectre Junior. She's Silk uh, Spectre 2. That her, what, the kind of superhero, as I quote in the air, like an obnoxious twat, uh, that she is, is she rescues people and she does fights and kicks people down. She's got shiny boots on. So her thing is a lot more, she's got the comic book hero thing about her and Barbie doll kind of look about her. So there's nothing yucky or dark or gritty about her and yet she will kick some ass right she's tough but then you look at him and his whole thing is he has absorbed he just takes in all the badness and he wants you know so he's i like that about him and then we've got they're not all glossy and i feel like this guy's my favorite in this whole movie um stephen mccatty is night owl Oh yeah, he was I good. absolutely love that guy. When he wasn't in his night owl outfit, and he was just playing the guy with the glasses on, the whoever his alter ego is. I love those. Um, he he had a reminiscence of somebody. I was trying to think who it was, like a young Dustin Hoffman or something. There was something where I was like, this guy. I know what you mean, like an awkwardness, but but he repressed definitely but real that, like it didn't yeah, totally. feel like he was forcing it and when he was he had to do some scenes where he was just himself um talking to the woman who stuck Spectre as just herself and it was a little bit awkward and I felt the awkwardness all the time like it was but then when it comes time for him to blow his gasket he's really good yeah yeah I mean like real like oh because you've seen him so mild-mannered and so 
um, keep the peace and let's not do this and come on guys and real calm. And then when it comes time and he has a reason to get pissed off, he's really good. And Night Owl is so the Batman character. It's unreal. He's like, got got money. Yeah. He's got his little secret... Basement. Basement where he keeps <laughs> his gadgets that he's made for himself. And a drain track. Yeah. And his vehicle. And, you know, it's it's very Batman. Um, but kind of cooler, in a way. Because it's... I like the way... It, I like his outfit. It's like... Because he's not a playboy. He's not out there in the no, public he's, being... No, in fact, he's, he's very private. He's like, yeah, like, you can imagine, because the superhero thing he's done, or the vigilante thing's done, he just... He goes to visit the ex-Night Owl guy on, on a Friday night, drink a beer, and he comes home, and that's it. And you're totally convinced that's him. I also really love the the Minutemen, who, who were the 1950s versions of the Watchmen, and then the Watchmen, who were the 80s version. Right. How their paths cross. I mean, yeah. how, you know, like you just said, he goes to have a drink with original Night Owl, where he's Night Owl too, you know, it's... yeah. It's very much like the, like a soap opera version of that's super what opera. Yeah, super that's what I was saying. Like you, you don't have this like uh, development of them. They're all worn out and done. It's over and done. The the fame has come and gone. The and money has come and gone. And you and just piece together. Like, yeah. For me, I'm just like, oh, that guy's kicked some ass in his time. Like that that old guy. Yeah, that, you're right. The, there are a lot of things that are sort of handed to you, but it's that kind of movie, and you can imagine producers and studio people saying to whoever's making a movie these days with hundreds of millions of dollars on the line, you know, the audience is going to not like this and they're going to want to do that, whatever. But I do feel like it's it's not dummied down necessarily. Now, I haven't read it. If I read it and then I'm like, oh my God, that's so sophisticated and awesome and the movie is three levels down from that, I think that's reasonable compared to some other big action movies we see where you're you're just... Everything is literally handed to oh, him yeah, on like, a plate. Like I'm not dissing something like Iron Man mm. because I loved it, but it yeah. is really a straight up is a Hollywood movie version of a superhero. But it, it is doesn't. Good, yeah. It doesn't give you anything really to think about. Here's some stuff, and then we're gonna fight them. Yeah, it's very clear. It's mostly like Transformers, even. Although Iron Man, the dude, uh, the man Tony, whatever his name is, Stark. I don't get names very very well. Um. He's the anti-hero as well, because he sells and develops weapons to people who shouldn't have them. He's the rich playboy guy, he's cock, and yet here he becomes the hero guy. That's also another feature I like of movies with the good guy, bad guy thing, you know? Well, this is like, you know, more... This didn't actually do very... um, Well, it did alright, but it it wasn't a mega success for... In the theatrical run. Can't see why people wouldn't have um, dug on it. Cause you know what? I think sometimes those numbers can be deceptive. It's if it's three hours long. Let's think of the numbers. Well, here, it right? wasn't. It was two and a half hours long. Okay, it's still two and a half hours long yeah. versus a movie that's an hour and a half long. You put it in a theater like ours that only shows three movies a night when they're short. It's only going to show two movies a night. That eliminates seven movies per week that and, it won't. But show. it doesn't stop Transformers Two doing so much money. It's like fun, not funny. How long is it? Two and a half hours. Right, but that one's going to get... In our theater, for example, Watchmen will be put in one theater. Mm. Transformers will be put in four theaters because they pay more to distribute their movie to more open... I mean, like, we have an eight-theater place. They'll put Transformers in four of those rooms. Watchmen will go into one, and it'll be able to play less times per week. 
So I just think the numbers are doctored up anyway, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but all I'm saying is, like, um, if you... People didn't get on board with it as well. I'm thinking, like, the people who do like the Iron Man and the Spider-Man and the Hulk and stuff like that, it is quite a different beast to this. This is... It's got awesome... Okay, if you're looking for action, it's got awesome action, great stunts, great special effects, really good theme. Now, if you if you are the kind of person who can't handle the dark themes being thrown at you and things to think about, this movie doesn't shy away from that. It doesn't pretend to be like looking at the end where there's a rainbow shining and everybody's happy, like in the movie like Volcano where he stands up on the edge and the whole millions of people have been killed and they smile and they yeah. giggle at the end. It's not You're not looking at that at the end of this movie. It's not be like, woo, we win. It's not like that at all. Um, I mean, the, the idea of it, the tone of it. So if you just like that sort of like, we're going to kick ass and blah, and... Yeah, and it doesn't, when you just said it has lots of action scenes, it doesn't necessarily. It it, it does, it kind of leads you to believe it does. No, I think it does. But I think if you think about it, it's a lot of dialogue, but really interesting. Um, a lot of fights. I didn't think, like, there was a lot. Oh, I did. I was, th- I was thinking it was more like unraveling of the characters via dialogue. There like, was a lot of dialogue. Um, like the, I think the first hour or so was a lot of dialogue. It was they were setting stuff up, so you understand. Do you think that re- oh, that does bother people? It I does bother that- people, and I like it obviously. Oh, I love it. That reason Magnolia is my favorite movie. It doesn't have any action in it, does it? We it watched a movie called Tape once. That that's all it is is two people yeah. in a hotel room. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, just talking. But um, I think it does bother people. I think they like. Oh, this is too talky. I want things to blow up. I really do think that that's why Transformers 2 is so big in the cinemas. Mm. They want to watch things blow up. And then they'll go on and bitch about that as well. Like it was too much blowing up. Yeah. So, how do you please people, really? I just think Watchmen, you know... This this, this furthers my attitude that, you know, people aren't that indisposable. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, this, so those are the main cast. This was directed by Zack Schneider, who also did 300, which we just talked about. And he also did the Dawn of the Dead remake, which I personally think is one of the better, mm-hmm. if not best, horror remakes of recent memory. You know, like is it the blonde chick who comes home from the? She's a nurse. Oh, the beginning, yeah, uh, yeah, that's good. really that's awesome. awesome. Opening. Another awesome opening, and this other yeah, very uh, same thing. He likes those um, long follow the action as it happens yeah. kind of thing. I like that. Yeah, because the yeah that was really good, and I. You know, there are lots of remakes of horror films recently, but there's not one that I remember as well as that one. That was good. You know, we saw Friday the 13th the other day, and I don't really remember it now, and it's two weeks later. I remember him knocking the boats off the kayak. Yeah, because he said, oh, that was just like the first one. Um, So yeah, that's Zack Schneider, and the DVD... I hope to see more from him. I'll add that to the director's guide. I think we will see more from him, because, I mean... Well, if it doesn't do well, people shy away from it. This is the kind of money. movie that I think will do particularly well on sure. home. Uh, so we reviewed the uh, uh, Blu-ray edition, the Watchmen Director's Cut Digital Copy Special Edition. Say that with your mouthful. Uh, it comes in this lenticular cover, which I actually really like because those pieces of glass are very 3D. Yeah, twisted a little. The way they kind of stick out. Yes, yeah, it gives me a little bit of motion sickness. I really like it. But anyway, it's just a slipcase. If you don't like it, you can just go for the. Now, the interestingly enough, the Watchmen smiley button isn't anywhere to be seen on this cover. Correct. I would have liked just that 
just that image, really. One of the covers from the comic would have been cool. Yeah, and there's no uh, smiley face anywhere. I'm not sure why, but there's not even a Um, hint of it anywhere. Not even on the spine or anything, which is a shame. Because, like, you know, you could have had this as the smiley face and that as the picture. Yeah. Anyway, no smiley face. It's a three-disc set. Oh, there's the smiley face, a little... Mm, Close up. That's the cover of one of the cover of the graphic novel itself, I believe. Yeah. So this is a three disc. uh, You get the movie on one disc. You get the special features on a separate disc, and you get a digital copy on a third disc. Now you 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 were you were lied there a little bit because on the one with the movie, you get the the commentary thing. I'm just saying on that same disc is what you get the playback with the director talking and all that stuff. Now. Also of interest is there's a coupon in the box for $10 off the Watchmen Ultimate Collector's Edition, which having seen this movie now, whatever that costs, I'll buy it. Really? Yes. You've got everything you could get. No. (laughs) So so at Christmas, the Ultimate Special Edition comes out. You get $10 off if you use this coupon. And it includes... It's a five-disc set instead of the three, Okay. A whole new movie. It's the director's cut with Tales of the Black Freighter woven in. So that's the anime that they did with Gerard Butler. Mm. Gerard Butler. In the movie with some extra special scenes to make it blend in and out of the movie when it needs to. So this will be a four-hour edition, they're saying. Awesome. Um, which, sign me up to watch it again. With I some could new watch, stuff yeah. In, yeah, yeah. I could watch again right now, to be honest. And the, the new special edition, which is coming in fall, it says... Also, will include a new commentary by Dave Gibbons and Zack Schneider. So, new as opposed to one that's already on it. It'll also include two new hour, two full new hours of bonus content, including Hollis Mason's Tell All Under the Hood, which must be a documentary. So, another two hours of stuff. And you get the complete Watchmen motion comic DVD. Oh, see, I'd like to see also. that. Also. Where the comic book is animated. Now, I'm not sure how much this is going to cost, but you can go to watchmenmovie.warnerbrothers.com slash rewards to learn about it. Of course, you don't care, because what you're doing is telling me to buy it for you for Christmas. So the price is no object. Uh, I can honestly say, I, I was a fan of Watchmen. I wasn't, I'm <laughs> now that. a very big fan of the movie, so um, I want the Ultimate Collector's Edition of Watchmen, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's coming out in December 2009. Not, that shouldn't stop you from buying this no. now though because, renting it yeah so what you get on this and it is I think it's actually a really good blu-ray disc because it comes with this thing called the maximum movie mode which is a first for the Warner Brothers um, discs it's very similar to what we saw on Fast and, Fast and Furious last week but I think a little bit better than that even yep it's Zack Schneider takes you on an exploration of Watchmen while you watch the movie now it's like an interactive experience, you do things at key points, don't you? Like, But not too much. No, it's not. You don't have to. So there's a timeline that will pop up every so often telling you about the alternate time. Right, like, for example, 1985, as the movie's playing, it pops up. Because you're seeing Richard Nixon on the TV as the president, but you, you're told it's 1985, so your brain, if you're American, is going, what? So on the timeline it says, 1985, Richard Nixon has repealed the constitutional amendment to have a president be able to be president more than twice and then at the bottom it tells you the reality that in 1985 this is the real president and Richard Nixon has been you know whatever so I kind of like that because 
it jumbles up history a bit. And it doesn't pop up all the time. It seemed like no. it, maybe every couple scenes or so. And then the the other feature of this maximum movie mode is the the screen kind of fades to the back and Zack Schneider actually walks in front of the screen and he'll do the fast forward pause. He'll pause a scene and say, look, there I am in yeah. the scene, which was him hid under a table with a blanket over his yeah. head with the camera. <laughs> um, which you would never get by just watching. Even if he said it while the movie was playing, you wouldn't be, be quick enough to see it. Correct. You know? So he does things like that. And then he'll rewind, like like there's a bit at the beginning where the guy's smashing through some glass. He'll say, just rewind that, and he'll rewind it, and then he'll show you the there's two panes of glass. So like, Right, and then it shows you also, uh, part of it is, it'll show you the page from the graphic novel and compare to what he wanted it to look like in the movie. So I like that and one. And concept art will pop up every so often. And then these focus points will come up, which is the same as what was in the Dark Knight Blu-ray where it goes to a full screen document featurette documentary of that particular part of the movie if it's about um the mask yep they'll show you how they did the mask right there like uh, so it's a whole thing that lasts the entire 3 hours i mean it'll it, like you say it doesn't pop up too often but it'll pop up enough to let you watch it a second time and i think learn a lot more about the movie so that's on the main movie disc it's the maximum movie mode and then you get this separate disc and everything's in high definition this time there's no low definition extras even so on this second disc is these three documentaries that range in time from like 30 minutes to 15 minutes but the first one is the phenomenon that changed comics which talks about the comic and right. talks with the people who wrote the comic apart from one of them right one guy wrote it and you see stills from the comic and you see you, you hear Zack Schneider talk about how he wanted to make it look like the comic and, and you hear how it actually came about to begin with at all yeah with DC Comics and everything yeah and so that's one documentary then there's a second documentary which is called Real Superheroes Real Vigilantes now this one you you told a little porcupine there because there's a lot of not high def footage in that one. Yeah, but it's still a high def <laughs> yeah. presentation. It's like yeah. footage from the eighties from urban streets and stuff where they're you know, these are doctors, analysts talking about the state of the nation apparently in the eighties. You know what? I didn't really no, I guess I, I wasn't that aware, but when I think about movies of the day, it reflected a lot of crime and gangs and drugs and crack and crazy you know, lots of homelessness, lots of all that kind of stuff. And so this kind of takes you there and it explains why the idea of vigilantism comes around in human history at different points during war or during economic time, hard times, all that kind of stuff. And then there also is... That was the second one. And then the third one is Mechanics, Technologies of a Fantastic World, which is the one with the... What do you call him? Professor... I really like that. Does I, a class. I love that. He yes. does a class at a university. Physics. Where, physics professor. Yeah, where his whole class is... He takes superheroes from comics and bases his physics lecture around what would superheroes do or how would superheroes... Well, how is it that if someone is like can run as fast as a train... Then in fit in the world of physics and, that, and the laws that how we understand, that how can that happen? 
we want base it in reality. How could someone be so strong they could pick up a bus and throw it, you know? So he's always used that. And then he talked about how all of a sudden, I guess he belongs to some physics professor association. And they, in turn, are at the disposal of movie makers who will call and say, can you find us a scientist who is an expert in this, you know, for So whatever. then he comes in yeah. and Zack Snyder takes ideas from him and... They, I like it when He's the one explained what Mr. Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan what? is. And I was totally compelled. I mean, I, you didn't look at me. I was like, I my, really, my I eyes really were liked open. I was like, said. oh my God. They took him into the room. Well, when you very first see Dr. Manhattan in the movie, he's doing something with his mind. And he's he's got this machine and it's he's taking it apart and it's like levitating. And you as a viewer are not entirely sure what that is. And neither are the filmmakers. And they say to him, to this professor guy when he comes in. Okay, Dr. Manhattan's going to be do something in here. What is it what he would be doing? Yeah. Like, we need you what to tell us doing? what he yeah. does. Because we don't get that. <laughs> so I really like that, that he, you know, some of those th- ideas were brought up from this guy, you know. Um, so, and he was fun. He was fun to watch. I liked it. And then there's the My Chemical Romance Desolation Row music video talking to My Chemical Romance and I was saying that's why you said it I think because we saw him on that one extra yeah so they're in there Um, just a music video and then there's the BD Live features which I want to mention now Warner Brothers BD Live features from this movie onwards are now connected to Facebook so if you're a Facebook um, person and you're on your BD Live player and you're watching something you can click a button and publish I Am Watching This to Facebook. So, go out to the store, buy the Blu-ray and a Blu-ray player, come home, put it in, well, hook I it up. I would hope you'd have a player if you're going to go out and buy it. No, I'm saying, you, you say to your friends, hey, I'm watching Watchmen, but what you're saying to them is, if you don't have this movie, yeah. you don't, you're not going to communicate with me th- through it or be able to now, watch it with get, me. They're also going to add other features via Facebook, and I'm not sure exactly what it is yet because BD Live's not active on this yet. It won't be until Tuesday. Now... The other thing I want to mention about the BD Live is on Friday, so if you're listening to this podcast this week and you've bought this on Tuesday when it comes out, you've got a small window of time, but on Friday evening... Which would be July... <laughs> Let's be clear. It will be July the 24th. I actually have an email here from my person at Warner Bros. You own a person at Warner Bros.? <laughs> oh, convenient. Yeah, it will be this Friday. Not sure about the time, but you can go to the B- uh, Warner Brothers BD Live website to find out about it. Anyway, Zack Schneider's going to be doing a live where he takes control of your Blu-ray player. Three-hour commentary, live commentary on the movie. So, slap your movie in 20 minutes before the time it tells you. You'll get connected to the session... You'll be able to ask him questions, actually, through the web. You can email questions in. He will be fielding questions during... And he'll also be doing this one-off live movie commentary, which, to me, is very interesting. So I'm going to stick it in my computer on Friday and... um, Because you have a Blu-ray drive? Yeah, experience. I'll I'll talk about it next week, see see how it works. So we have to emphasize that all of these features that are all cool and fantastic... They're just a carrot to dangle in front of you to buy buy a Blu-ray player. Let's yeah. be honest. And I do have a Blu-ray player in Even my uh, cool. PC, and it does work great. You can just fire up a Blu-ray, and you can do BD Live. You can do the whole thing. Um, so yeah, that takes place this week. Um, and that's it for um, Watchmen: The Director's Cut. I honestly say buy it, and then when they 
other one comes out in, in December. Buy that one as well. <laughs> because I'm mind blown by Wow, it. you are a puppet. No, I just thought this video was... Um, I thought this movie was really, really good. Did I mean, you just slip back to 1985? <laughs> this video was really Yeah, good. video. You know why I said video? I was looking at the logo, <laughs> DVD video. But that's, um, that's so funny. Yeah, I thought this Betamax tape of uh, Watchmen was great. <laughs> No, I, I really... I can't say enough good things. I want to watch it again. I loved it. In fact, this week when Zack Snyder does his thing, I'll sit and watch it again on Friday evening. Well, I'll be at work, so thanks for that. Yeah. I'll watch it right here. Is there a I'm digital doing. copy? Yes, there's a digital copy. Can I put copy. it on my Zoom? No. Of course not. You know what? When this new Zoom HD comes out in November, when they relaunch the Zoom, as they say, I wonder if the new Zoom will accept digital copies. It would be nice, wouldn't it? It would be lovely. Because there are a couple movies I could throw on there. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's Watchmen Director's Cut. Uh, It's also available, and it's really cool, from Amazon as an exclusive. On Laserdisc? (laughs) No, it's uh, the the Blu-ray disc of Watchmen from Amazon. It comes in the Night Owl's ship. Oh right! Like you don't, it's um, you don't get the disc like that, but you get his ship, and it lifts up, and the disc's on a spindle inside the ship. Like our ape head, we've got an. Yeah, ape it's head. like the ape head. You sit it on your desk. We've got it. the ape from Planet of the Apes head with all Planet of the Apes everything in it. Yeah, we have all the TV shows, all the movies. I kind of watched that. Sometimes. It's kind of like the ape head, but um, and it costs eighty dollars. But if oh. you're a mega fan and you want an owl. Um, what do you call? What did he call that ship? Archie. Uh, Archimedes. Ar- Archimedes. You want an, a scaled Archimedes, which is about the si- bigger than this microphone. Quite big. <laughs> you can sit one of those on your desk. Uh, Amazon sell that one. Um, so next week we're going to be having the movie Coraline. I think that's how you say it on Blu-ray disc. Looks like Caroline to me. No, it's got an O. Yeah. Coraline, not Caroline. Okay. Um, Coraline. Anyway, it's uh, from the director of A Nightmare Before Christmas, who is not Tim Burton. <laughs> we had that debate. <laughs> okay, let's move on to movie recommendations. But look at this. There's some red letters here. Hold and on. There's a reason Before I move on to movie recommendations, thank you to Warner Brothers for uh, Watchmen. Um, conclusion is, I say buy it twice and you say... <laughs> I say definitely. Wa- I would um, buy it twice. No, and I would watch it more than once. So I say buy it if you can find it for fifteen dollars. And it's value for mo- <laughs> it's value for money because it is a three hour movie. It is value for is- money, but still, don't buy it if it's thirty bucks. You know, rent it and watch it a couple times. And I say buy it if it's thirty bucks. <laughs> um, buy it if it's a hundred dollars. And then the coupon in the thing. Make use of the ten dollars off when it comes Christmas. You maybe could- maybe trade this one in. Put that one on eBay then. Yeah. Keep, keep your new one. Okay, so that's that one. So movie recommendations. Last week, I did forget to mention the movie recommendations. Yeah, we're done. We're over. You're doing the little thing. Upload it. And you go, wait, we we didn't give our movie recommendations. I <laughs> and I was like, crap. So today, they are highlighted in red. So the movie rec- recommendations for last week's movie, which was Fast and Furious, I chose Vanishing Point, which is one of my favorite car movies. Um, I think I mentioned it before on the podcast. It's from the 70s. It's excellent. Barry Pepper, I believe, is in it. And the... I might be wrong. (laughs) And the second one is another car movie, Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, which is a kick-ass car movie, to be honest. It's kind of inspired by Vanishing Point. Would you not put Bullet on that list? I would, but I wanted to have an old and a new. Okay. 
And mine were, because we're not going to go into these, right? Mine, because it was Fast and Furious. And if I were to pick of ones of those of that series that I would watch again, Tokyo Drift would be my choice. So I'm going to say Tokyo Drift, if you like the cars and stuff. And uh, Training Day, because that is a movie that's got a lot of action and beating up people and all that kind of stuff. And yet it's done well, meaning the acting is superb versus Fast and Furious. So. Correct. So this week's recommendation, starting uh, with you... Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ah, you took mine. Um, you know, th- these are based on Watchmen. Movies that I think you might like if you like Watchmen. And you made the recommendation before you realized the guy who wrote... Yeah. ...wrote them both. Yeah, he did. And V for Vendetta is the other one, uh, which I was blown away by V for Vendetta. It's another one that was like this one for me. And the reason you tie those all together, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, because it's not your not your average run-of-the-mill no. superheroes and V for Vendetta because it's got that dark, grim Government society. Yeah, society may not be worth saving kind yeah. of thing and stand up against the oppression and all that stuff. And mine for this week are, in terms of superhero movies, that I find a bit different and more compelling, starting with Unbreakable because I absolutely loved it. I thought it was the most compelling unraveling of the discovery of being a superhero of any movie even more than Super Spider-Man I just loved it that's Bruce Willis that's a M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong and a movie that I did not like upon first viewing is Daredevil I didn't like it I thought it was hokey and yucky <laughs> I didn't like it at all then I watched the extras yeah and then I watched it, it again and then I've watched it probably ten times and I really like it. I still don't it. think it's brilliant. No, it's not brilliant at all, but there's something more to it than I was... I dismissed it too quickly, and now that I've watched it more times, it's not It's not even got any one element that's great about it. It's just that I really like And it's a different take as well, kind of on a... It's a more human look at... Like, what I really think of it, in terms of, like, this movie today... Is Watch that him. when he comes home and he's all beaten up and he's got scars all over him. You never think of that part of a superhero. They get the shit kicked out of him all mm-hmm. the time. They fall off of buildings. They get shot at. They get knives stuck in him. And they just keep going. Well, he... It shows you that part. And he's exhausted from it and he never sleeps. He has and to lie in his coffin to heal, doesn't he? he lies something he does, yeah. Thing. So, I like... I like it now. Alright, and, and like I said earlier, next week's DVD is Coraline. Coraline. Um... Which is also a 3D Blu-ray disc, but I think we will avoid... We might look at the 3D for a few seconds, but I think we're going to watch it just normal. Yeah, I'm not a fan of 3D. No, I kind of am. But I feel like I've seen it. I've, you know, I've, I know what it's going to look yeah. like. But I'll, I'll give it a glimpse. Uh, so, Games and A School stuff this week. We built a PC for our nephew. Correct. Um, I think it went well. We, I think it's... <laughs> he's probably He's probably on there right now, and now... Uh, a lot of people might not approve of this, but through different circumstances, him spending the day on the computer listening to music and looking up stuff and talking with us is a good thing. Yeah. And so it's he's been... It the other night asked him if he liked me. He goes, I haven't stopped using it. And it was like three days after we gave it to him. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, we built a PC. I'm always building PCs, but I think that was... That's a good one. A kid's... His first PC, wasn't it? Yes. Um, I've been playing Battlefield 1943. I mentioned it last week. Finally. And it doesn't. It didn't work last week. This week it works perfectly fine, and it's very good. It brings back uh, memories of Battlefield 1942 on the PC, and Battlefield Bad Company from last year, which I actually played the entire summer, every night, 
You did. And this is pretty much the same game, but with some new maps. Um, so does that make it as compelling? You think you'll yeah, play it as often? Yeah, it's really fun. I've um, been playing it every night this week, and it's just what I remembered. Uh, $15 on the Xbox Live Marketplace. Um, it's quite a bargain. And it does work properly now, so there's no... Before, I was kind of like, oh, really? Like, I paid $15 and this thing doesn't work. But they have fixed all that. So, yeah, I think it's really fun and definitely worth buying. Um, Trials 2 I've also been playing, which is this weird motocross game on the PC where you're... Do you know that funny motocross stuff where they have to get over obstacles? Yes. And they go over an obstacle. Yes, I saw that. It's weird. Yeah, it's really weird and quite hard to do. I can the physics imagine are a little bit wrong, like... Every part of the motorcycle and of the butt person's body are all like disjointed and like. It's kind of cool, and it kind of gives me the idea of what that sport must be like because you got to shift your weight back and forward on ah. the bike. But um, I'm not really feeling it 100. Uh, percent Third game I've been playing because I'm a fan on the Wii of mundane job simulators, <laughs> and I have been playing Burger Island. Now it is the weird correlation between these two games. So, I mentioned Burger Island a couple of weeks ago where you wash up after a shipwreck and end up running a burger joint. The first thing you do, of course, after you've been in a shipwreck is go ask someone for a job at a burger a joint. Bur- yeah, well, this one dispenses <laughs> with that. You're in a plane, <laughs> and then it says, do you want to either be a man or a woman? I picked a woman. The second I picked the woman, a trapdoor opens in the plane, it shoots her out, and she lands in a dumpster outside a burger joint. <laughs> And then the aim is to run a burger joint. So these are the extraordinary <laughs> circumstances under which anyone, of course, ends up working. And uh, at a burger this joint. is nothing to do with that other game. It's not even a. It's not the same makers. It's not anything. <laughs> it's just a totally different game. Like like the idea of having a kid uh, fill out a job application and go in to get the job at. The I burger guess joint. they're saying nobody aspires to work in a burger joint. I I think that that's what they're saying. So we can't have this convoluted story of somebody growing up going, I always want to, I want to work in a burger joint, and then getting, um, then aspiring to be. I have to, to disagree. Be. I'm sure somebody does. I'm, so, but... I'm sure somebody does, but I think that they think nobody does. Right. So falling out of the plane's best case scenario for working in a burger joint. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this one is actually better than Burger Island. It's more involved. You actually run your own place. You communicate with the waitress. The waitress brings the orders. You hire line cooks, so you pass some jobs off to different chefs. Oh, right. Sometimes the line cooks fall asleep on the job, so you have to wave the Wii remote to wake them up, like, so they carry on cooking. And then you have to go to the farmer's market to buy the spices and the ingredients for the next day's restaurant. Well, that's good. And then you unlock different recipes. And then there's also this sneaky guy at the farmer's market who will sell you black market stuff. So he has, like, the real luxury ingredients, that like truffles and stuff, that you have to pay a lot of money for. But Do you get arrested for that? No, I haven't been, but when you buy the truffles Is and stuff, a, if you put them in your burger, you get more successful, but they uh, cost you a lot, and, you know, it's all a balancing act. Is he, the, like, the guy from Animal Crossing who shows up in the tent? And kind of. The best <laughs> and then a guy shows up out, outside the front of your restaurant every week, or every day that you work there, and he has a fruit machine and you pull the handle on his fruit machine and you might get a special ingredient for the day or nothing but like say he says oh today you've got special cheese like anything that you make that's got cheese in it you'll get double money from the patrons so right it's a lot more involved than the burger island which was basically a memory game where it's just like yeah click point and click at these 
So this one, you might even like this one. In fact, you would like it. I gotta finish Zombies before it. I've, I've stayed away from it for a whole week. That and The Sims, because I was getting a little bit like every minute of every day I wanted to do it. So I need to finish the zombies. So that's called Order Up on the Wii. Order Up. Get it? Got it. Um, and the other thing is 1 versus 100 on the Xbox 360. I've been playing this game in the beta since... What? The beginning. S- yeah, like since the first two night. months ago. I actually finally got in the mob. And I was looking like I was going to win 800 Microsoft points or something. And then I got the question wrong. So now I have to wait till I'm in the mob again. What was the question? Something to do with Oprah Winfrey. I don't oh, know. Oh dear, I, I wouldn't know even it. know that. Yeah, it was something like who was on a show on something and who was on a show on Wednesday and what were they talking about or something like that. That sounds like a commercial to me. Well, it was a very current affairs one, like. Yeah, but I mean, that sounds like an advertisement for the Oprah Winfrey show. No, Microsoft, it wasn't, it wasn't the way bastards. it was worded. It was like. Anyway, I had no idea because I've never watched her. I don't know what the hell she's talking about ever. So I lost. So, um, I will try... I'll keep playing it. Eventually, I will be the one and maybe win (laughs) 30,000 Microsoft points or whatever you can do. So, that's on Xbox Live. Interestingly enough, that's only available to gold members on Xbox Live. Um, But at weekends now, they've opened it up for silver members, too. So, if if you haven't even got a paid account, you can play on the weekend sessions, the live shows. Oh, for the peasants. How nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's my stuff for this week. Not very much, but there's not very much in games this week. Going not on. much for me either. What's for dinner? You requested fish curry. That's what we're gonna have. I'm gonna make mine a korma style. Yours will be the tomato, lovely curry, sauce kind with fish and roasted squash, and rice. And uh, I don't have anything to talk about this week except I've had a couple of songs stuck in my head. I have no idea why. One of them is Katy Perry's, or Kate Perry's, I Kissed a Girl, you know? I kissed a girl and I, personally, I liked it. You know these songs that you've been playing this week? Jerry I personally I I detest them. I hate them as well, Thank but you. they've been stuck in my head, and so I'm listening to them over and over and over in order to... Just purge, get out of your system. Purge, yes. And the other one is, I want to be famous. Now that I really detest. When it's on, I'm like... Something's happened to my brain because I it's fun and then I ended up listening to more of the Pussycat Dolls um collection there. Not all of them there's nothing great, but I was like, mm, okay. And I was at work, so maybe that's why it didn't seem so horrible to me, but so now that I've stuck those songs in your heads. Next week you'll be listening to the Spice Girls. That oh my god, no my don't even say that. Oh, Hannah Montana. Don't say that. I don't I've never listened to her. But I don't know I I don't listen to the radio hardly. And when I do, it's the morning show, so they don't play music. So I have no idea how those songs got stuck in my head. I really don't. Let's uh, get them out of our head anyway and move on to... Thank you for listening to the show. I want to remind you about the websites. Ascully.com, SidTalk.com, Twitter.com slash Ascully, Twitter.com slash SidTalk, Facebook.com slash Ascully, Facebook.com slash SidTalk, Xbox Live, I'm Ascully Live, you're SidTalk. We've got the... What's going on here? Just go on. No, I, I need you to can, look You know it. what you're going to say? We um, have the... you got two things left. We, yeah, <laughs> come on. We have the Zoom Marketplace where you can uh, 
pick up this podcast uh, we have the Zoom marketplace we have the RSS feed oh I've also done some we've done some redesigning on the website if you go to oh yeah yeah if you click on the word podcast at the top of the page which I always tell you to every week to listen to the podcast it will be much easier for you to listen to the podcast because we got rid of that silly now you can just play it right from the page yeah and it will stream immediately like yeah. so you pick the episode you want and press play and and if you want to look at work and your work blocks certain things, media players and whatnot, for some, and we have a lot of stuff blocked where I work, and yet whatever you have to where you can listen to your podcast directly from your page works. All right. So, and I just have a straight up Flash applet that runs off my server. In so. fact, all of a sudden last week, YouTube is now not blocked. Huh. I have no idea why. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh,. So yeah, you can also so you can go to the page, and I've also rearranged, or we have rearranged the. If you click on the Blu-ray and the DVD listings at the top of the page, where you can go to look at all the Blu-ray and DVDs, we've changed the layout of that page to make it a little bit easier to. In navigate. case you don't know, there are hundreds. I would say at this point. Yeah, hundreds. Written reviews of all the movies that we've ever more movies than we've done podcasts for. We've only done seventy-nine podcasts. We've but done about four hundred movies. Yeah, there's a lot. Written reviews. So yeah, if you click the word Blu-ray or DVD at the top, you'll see a big list of movies, and it's easier to navigate now instead of it being one big long list. I think it looks much better. I think so. Too. There's also, which I didn't mention earlier, contests on the site. There's about four going on at the moment, so you can enter any of those contests. They're on the right-hand side of the main page. You can email feedback to me at aschoolyacheschoolie dot com. Uh, Sid Talk doesn't want your bullshit, and <laughs> I want to say uh, stay classy. Watchmen and keep watching over us because uh, and I also want to say if you haven't seen Watchmen yet go and see it or get it or something because it's a must see uh, your thing just kind of stretched out there <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourself people I'm sick and tired of everybody being freaking zombies just think for yourselves have a mind use your own mind or somebody else is going to come along and turn you into a puppet <laughs>